Hi, my name's Sam Finlay, and you're listening to the Aces Podcast. In this episode, I have a conversation with the University of Wollongong's Dr. Tillman Burma, who shares with us about his experience in supply chain management and industry engagement, as well as his work exploring an additive manufacturing cluster in Australia, and much more. So, without further ado, let's get to our chat. So I'm chatting with Tillman Burma this afternoon from the University of Wollongong. Thanks for joining me, Tillman. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sam. It was a pleasure to catch up. Unfortunately, we're having to do this um, over Zoom online rather than in person. I've, I guess we'll start there. How are you finding working from home in um, this current lockdown that we're both in here in Wollongong? Um, I just got my first Pfizer jab, so I'm, I'm preparing for to get out of lockdown. I think the biggest struggle is work, family, homeschooling balance. And uh, it's... It's tough, but you know we get through it. Well, I don't have kids, so I um, I luckily don't have to uh, manage with um children running around and trying to teach them throughout the day. <laughs> Difficult, especially my son is not in school age yet, so he just wants to play all day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's I guess start with um your background for those of listening that don't. Uh, no, you could you tell us a little bit about um, your background and I guess your experience in um, things like supply chain management and uh, logistics? Yeah, so um, my background is German and I don't go into my whole life story and whatnot, but um, from the accent, you might still hear a bit of German is coming through. Um, and I wanted to get a job in the ports in Hamburg and I had to really brush up on my business English. Um, so, but the interest in logistics and transportation and supply chain was, was there early days. Ended up in New Zealand doing my PhD in industry. So um, I spent half of my time with companies in New Zealand. Uh, some of the bigger ones as well, like Carl Harvey or, or Heinz, the Heinz Group in, in Hastings and, and it's the application, so it's, it's a theory of the application and then translating that back into, into a theory. So it's this interplay between theory and practice, which uh, I'm really passionate about um, uh, because a lot of these good supply chain principles are not always well applied in practice. And so in a way, I, I like to work with industry alongside industry uh, doing supply chain benchmarking, auditing, uh, and and improvement projects. And since then arriving here, then we branched out what, how would 3D printing disrupt a supply chain? What's the relevance of IoT sensors and how would you differently manage your supply chain? So this all, all plays a part uh, in, in my research. You mentioned 3D printing there and you were uh, involved with Tricep. You're the industry engagement manager for, for a while there at the, um, the initiative that's part of the University of Wollongong. Could you explain to us a little bit about that role? Yeah, so I think it's more how you define the role. You know, So it, I didn't define it as going out into industry and, and sell Tricep services. It's more to do with um we spent a fair bit of time in um in the uk and looked uh, and studied how 
UK businesses adopted 3D printing technology in-house and how that has changed their business model and their supply chain solution for their customers. So what we've then done is we actually uh, um, wrapped this up in a, in, a, in a workshop type where we actually invited local industry to come along and say, do you know that these cap uh, capabilities exist locally? And then how would you adopt this technology in-house? And it was more like a teaching and learning event for industry. So applying our research with local, uh, with local companies, and it was a lot more informing rather than selling because uh, at the end, um, I think there's a lot of misperception around 3D printing. And it's, it's also often only seen as, uh, I can print like for prototype development, but what we've seen how companies adopt this technology was, was really fascinating. So we really wanted to, so I spent time with, with the company, looked at their operations and then help those companies translate 3D printing and make it meaningful to the industry setting. And this is, this is what we've done. And as you can imagine, it takes personal interaction and with the lockdown and with COVID, you know, we, we had plans to do more of that, but if you don't, you gotta go on site, you gotta see the facilities, you gotta have those conversations. It's really difficult to do in the online space. Yeah, and when things were a little easier before COVID, you ran a number of workshops, um, additive manufacturing workshops, and believe you yeah. even involved, um, you know, sub such initiatives as the um, UAW Makerspace as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. We use the Makerspace uh, a lot, and we had some really, really great, great buy-in from our local community, um, and and all of that was was uh, was a lot of fun. You know, this is this is like where I see the role quite being quite privileged in that role. So that you can create events uh, and, and actually disseminate that knowledge out into our local community. And this is, I think moving forward, this is a lot more our role in the future as, as a university is, is translating these knowledges out meaningfully. So I guess, speaking of, of COVID, um... You were a part of a paper published early this year um, on the COVID-19 response of a, an additive manufacturing cluster in Australia. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that article and I guess how it came about? Well, I mean, COVID is disrupting supply chains, not just like COVID is disrupting society and how I, I strongly believe we're going to come out of COVID and we have a, the way we interact, engage is going to be very different. I mean, like, for example, Zoom is here to stay, right? But what happened is that with COVID, um, the, the virus, um, at least our knowledge today, came out of Wuhan and then spread out. Yet most uh, face shield masks that the um, healthcare worker needs also come out of Wuhan. What a coincidence, right? <laughs> there's, a, there's a major manufacturer of that. So... The, the virus disrupted these international supply chains and there was not enough equipment available. So what we've seen is as part of the engagement with Tricep, we had, we've done some work with uh, other 3D printing companies in the Illawarra. And suddenly we realized that, hey, we have a cluster here 
so we have Tricep. We have a company uh, in the iAccelerate called Me3D. We got uh, Campro Camveen down in Albion Park, and we had the makerspace. And we had a whole community backing us too. So suddenly these individual companies, they were predominantly working separately, came together, the cluster really tightened up and delivered face shield masks uh, to, to local hospitals. Uh, and, and Tricep had a leading role because they had the sterilization equipment in-house in order to be able to uh, make these uh, shield masks um, uh, safe. And the, the key design feature in there was a, was a ring, you know, and then the, the shield in itself. And I think you can also put a link in for people. There's some ABC articles on that. But observing that cluster and then having conversations with people in the cluster, how we can take this cluster forward is something that I've just captured in this article. There's... You know, and there's a lot of change, there's a lot of publication opportunity, but I, I classify myself more as a social scientist and working alongside engineering and this interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary environment is what I'm striving in. And uh, that's, that's, yeah, again, was, was a really great exercise. And my co-authors are from the US and the UK part of our wider UGPN network. Um, and uh, the, the the workshop that we've done earlier also contributed to the cluster. So there's interest in doing more with our partner universities um, in this knowledge spillover that we previously talked about. Yeah, great. And you mentioned the, the face shields there for uh, um, here in the Illawarra that were produced for um, Illawarra Health. And I think it was something like a thousand face shields each week, wasn't it? Over about three or four weeks that really came together um, quite quickly. Yes. And we had the makerspace. Uh, we had, uh, they shared some of the designs for our local tinkerers sitting at home and they also wanted to contribute. So it's not just this, this little this little cluster of four companies, but we had a, uh, like the makerspace had to manage the whole of the Tinkra community in the Ilamara who also wanted to contribute and help, you know, and wanted to make their equipment available, which was just such a encouraging to see, like when they, you know, when devastation struck, like how, how these fairly close-knit community can really pull together and uh, deliver outcomes, which is, was, yeah, it was, uh, I think it deserved to be captured, put it this way. Mm. And I guess, you know, COVID-19 is one thing, but I guess what are some other things that this cluster could, um, you know, come together to uh, achieve? Well, we talked about uh, how we, how this, how we can tighten this cluster further. And it all comes down to, um we have there's there's a collaborative mindset with those with those individual businesses uh some are more profit driven you know and some are like the university in itself uh research driven and where uh where we have we have a lot of um complementary skill sets you know, we have educational printers and we have commercial printers and we have research equipment. Tricep has uh, um, metal printers, which none of the other players have. So how do you arrange this cluster? What else can we do? Good question. I think it really comes down to 
um, industry, local industry, placing more demand on the cluster. Um, and it might be initially in the in the prototyping space, but we've seen some innovative businesses uh, in the Illawarra that were part of the cluster and then uh, used that cluster uh, to then invest in their own 3D printing equipment. There's a lot more demand uh, on the cluster as soon as this as soon as we're coming out of lockdown. Yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> but yeah, I would like uh, we. I think what the cluster really needs is a, is an IT platform, because for me, what I'm looking at is just a, a network of printers, and that needs to be contractually managed. But like any school kid that is working on a on a me 3D printer should be able to send the designs to another printer and pay for it, like a paid, paid printing version of the same. So the, the cluster over time, as the technology matures and the awareness uh, grows, I think uh, ha has a lot, of, a lot of potential. Yeah, great. Well, fingers crossed that it does grow and that we can get out of lockdown and it can you know, be pushed uh, forward even more so. Yeah, we have, we have three, four companies lined up uh, great. for type learn uh, workshop that are ready to go and and really i think the other thing that COVID did is exposing our local companies to their vulnerability of their supply chain their global spanning supply chains or, or in the import and we get a lot more inquiries to see how you could redesign your products using more local suppliers and sometimes you just bring some of the capacity in-house using 3D printing is, is just one of those uh, potential solutions. Yeah, great, great. Uh, well, before I let you go, I also uh, know you're involved in the Certificate of Innovation and Entrepreneurship, which a number of ACES members um, and UAW and IPRI uh, students have participated in the past. Uh, could you tell us what that course involves and I guess how will it be running this year? I'm, I'm assuming it'll be <laughs> online. <laughs> I'm running it the same way I was running it last year, online, yes. So the format has changed. We used to go to Sydney and uh, use the facilities of the Sydney Business School, which I'm a, a member or a staff member of. Um, but, um, yeah, this year is all online. So what, what it does is there, is there is a global interest of universities providing platforms to commercialize research. That can kind of happen through um, industry university partnerships, but it also can happen uh, in-house grown. So PhD students should be able to say, hey, oh, there's a business opportunity here and I wanna grasp that and I wanna run with it. The same for staff members. So my role is not to help students to commercialize their research, that's not, but my role is to facilitate learning about how you would go about it. Yeah, so I'm working very closely with our commercialization and research unit. I also work closely with the Graduate Research School and uh, I Accelerate and, and really show them a pathway, but also teaching them a lens to uh, a new lens to look at their research. So most of these students are STEM-based, uh, so um, engineering actually, and a lot of engineering students. And they've been taught a certain way and it's learning, it's learning a new language, 
it's uh, learning how to look at the research through a different lens and, and how you put a, a convincing business case together. So uh, students are normally really engaged and excited because it's, it's something very different. And we, we have more interest than we have places. We keep it as a, as a, as a fairly close-knit community. Um, and the feedback so far has been very positive. Um, also, more so from a, a language perspective. You don't expect all PhD students to end up in academia. A large chunk of them are actually now joining also industry. And if, you have, if you're reporting up to, to line managers and so forth, you're in a business setting. So some of these terminologies you just have to learn and, and communicate your ideas very clearly. And uh, so I'm, I'm really helping to simplify some of the messaging and, and help them to look at their research through a commercial lens. Yeah. Yeah, great. I mean, and then it's funny because I've pretty much every uh, guest I've had on the, the ACES podcast um, have mentioned doing this course and how much they've gained uh, from it, particularly those who have gone into industry as well. So um, yeah, it certainly seems like a, a valuable course. I think I sat in, I think it was, might've been the year before last I joined for a day and um, yeah, it was, it was fascinating. So uh, yeah, great, great job. And I'm sure those joining this year are going to get a lot out of it as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time where we are bringing graduate research school uh, students on board and the opportunities are a lot more diverse, which is great. It's really great. It's just, uh, it's, it's less homogenic. You know, ACES is, is really more a homogenic group. Now we get a lot more diversification, which is a, a great challenge at the same time and uh, we are we are off, we are already uh, well advanced like we got our first session in second uh, on the on the way and we've identified our projects and our commercialization opportunities and yeah so i'm really looking forward to this cohort and then we are presenting first week in december at the aces symposium great i'm looking forward to it hopefully not online yeah fingers crossed fingers <laughs> crossed <laughs> yeah right uh well look um great job with the with the paper and um the cluster and the certificate as well um thanks for taking the time also for talking to me this afternoon thanks sam good to talk to you good to see you and uh, i see you probably uh, walking by the beach again <laughs> yeah certainly thanks for listening for more episodes like this one be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for all the latest ACES news, head over to our website, electromaterials.edu.au. Until next time, goodbye.